Um, tonight, we are going to uh, begin by, I'm going to invite our founding pastor to share a prophetic dream that he had, uh, and really something he, I, I wanted to set a prophetic tone for tonight as well as we um, go into our leaders meeting. So I'm going to pass the time now to our founding pastor, Pastor Roland, he's going to share uh, with us. Hello, everyone. Hope you can hear me. <clears throat> Hope you're feeling fine during this lockdown. Tomorrow, the news will be out to release us. Praise the Lord. But um, I just want to share this prophetic dream. I don't often get prophetic dreams, to be honest. Uh, the prophetic words normally I get uh, when I'm awake and it comes through vision or through a still small voice. But uh, I'm not that old, so I don't get a lot of dr dreams, you know, God speaking to me through dreams. But this one happened like uh, a week or two ago, and the context of it was uh, prior to the dream, I was uh, suffering from ulcer in my cheek, uh, inside cheek, because uh, while eating, I bit my cheek, you know, I'm sure many of you would have done that, biting your own <laughs> in a cheek and uh, maybe I'm getting fatter so my cheek is, is big is fatter so I accidentally bit it and it caused an ulcer on the inside and it took many days I tried salt I tried Evelyn's peppermint oil and all kinds of things to try to heal that ulcer it it didn't get better in fact it got worse and it was causing sore throat because of the ulcer it was dripping into the, the pus or whatever is dripping into my throat and causing my tonsils to be inflamed and it was causing pain. And so one night uh, before the dream, I think one or two nights before the dream, I can't remember now, um, you know, it was really painful at about three something in the morning. I woke up with the terrible sore throat and the ulcer. And so I was crying out to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I, I command it to be healed. Lord, heal me, touch me. Touch. I was really pressing into the Lord. I was really uh, pleading and, and praying through that. And then I fell asleep. And when I woke up at about seven, uh, after about three and a half hours or so, it was totally healed. The pain has gone. The ulcer was gone. It was an instant miraculous healing. I've not experienced this kind of um, instant healing for a long time, to be honest. You know, um, the, the last long time ago could be when my pals were healed or something. But so I, I had that healing. So this sets up the context of my dream because a day or two later, I had this dream and honestly, I can't even remember a sing single detail of the dream except the last part, the last ending part of the dream where Jesus comes to me in that dream and he says, and you know, <laughs> this is a very rare occasion where I dream of Jesus. I'm not that holy. I'm not that spiritual, all right? So usually it's somebody fighting or running away or some, some terrible thing. And then Evelyn will say, it's because of the movie you watched last night, you know. But this one, Jesus comes to me and he just says four, uh, how many words? Uh, 
four words. All right, he says, he says, raise the ceiling, not healing. Five, five words. Sorry, five words. Raise the ceiling, not healing. So I woke up with that word in my heart, and I could remember that phrase very well because it kind of rhymed. Raise the ceiling, not healing. And so it kind of puzzled me. The rest of the dream I can't remember, but God wanted me to retain that word. And I was struggling with it a bit, wondering, raise the ceiling. I understand what raise the ceiling, but why not healing? And I've just been healed, you know, a day or two ago. And that was wonderful to be healed. Why not healing? Raise the ceiling, not healing. And so as I pondered and meditated on that, uh, and, and I typed in Google what raised ceiling means, and, and so, you know, breaking the glass ceiling is, is meant to be like the women being able to break through to, to be equal to men, you know, having the same rights and so on. So you all know what breaking the ceiling means. That means you go beyond your limitations to the next level or next dimension that God has for us, uh, next level of anointing or calling or purpose. So the ceiling caps us, all right? The ceiling normally prevents us from reaching our destiny. So I understand what breaking the ceiling means, but I couldn't understand what not healing means because I thought healing is wonderful. And so as I pondered about it, I, I felt the Lord was saying that a lot of members or Christians, every time they get sick, they have a problem, be it uh, a personal problem, emotional problem, financial problem, healing problem, whatever the problem is, we often run to people, especially to the pastors or home group leaders or elders, and please heal, heal me, heal me. And you know, I'm, I'm not begging the healing rooms ministry, that's, that's important for us to receive healing. But God was saying, it's time for God's people to raise the level of their spirituality, to raise their spiritual temperature, as it were, in their own lives, in their own home and family, and be able to handle these problems that they are encountering, rather than always running here and there for answers, for healing, running to this person, oh, Winnie, can you please send, give me healing, Pastor YC, Pastor Quinton, always doing that and then as a result of us being prayed for and receiving healing from others we ourselves do not take the initiative to grow and break through the hindrances in our own lives the limitations in our own lives and so god is saying that coming out of covid as we get into 2021 he wants the church, everyone in the church, to break the limitations in their own life 
Not that we can't run to people, at, you know, for healing. We still can. And sometimes we need to do that because we, we haven't quite reached that point of anointing. But he is encouraging us. Jesus is encouraging us to go beyond what we have always experienced. It's time to stretch the boundaries. It's to really break through that glass ceiling or whatever ceiling you may call it, so that if we do get sick, we can come against it. We can break through ourselves and receive healing ourselves. And you know, it's so wonderful when you break through yourselves because then you, you feel a sense of achievement. It's not the anointing of Pastor Chris. That's why I'm healed. But that you yourself have, has matured that so much more to be able to overcome your depression, overcome the anxiety, that fear, whatever it is. And so the last point in, in this is that in order to break that ceiling, it requires effort and initiative. You cannot be sitting down and just say, God, please break the ceiling for me. Please break the ceiling. I mean, <laughs> that ceiling over us has been there for, for years or decades. It, and so God says, I've empowered you through the Holy Spirit. And it is time going forward for you to allow the Holy Spirit to energize you, to empower you, so that together with God working in you, you can then enter into new dimensions and into uh, realms that you have not experienced before. You can overcome the fear, the addiction, the uh, hindrances in your life yourself. And of course, God doesn't expect us to take big leaps. Even inching, even one step at a time is better than nothing. So God wants us to raise our ceilings, our individual ceilings. So maybe think about what has been hindering us, limiting us in our lives all these years. And it's time for us to move forward, to enter into a new dimension and have a new wineskin perhaps in our lives. All right? God bless you. I hand you over to Pastor Chris. Thank you. Amen. Wow. Amen. If you, if you are uh, encouraged by that, just type into the chat, amen, or, or, or wow. You know, one of the things with um, Zoom meetings is that we, uh, since we've had to suddenly adapt to Zoom meetings, is we, we, we run Zoom meetings like we would run a real life meeting. And so we think, okay, you know, uh, somebody is speaking, so um, I'm, I'm just going to just sit there and, and watch. But what we've discovered actually, I went for this masterclass that was training us on online learning, is that actually when you're in front of a computer screen, um, it's hard for a person to engage. And so you've got to activate the listener. So that means where you are right now, um, with your video on, with you on chat, it actually will help you learn and absorb some of the stuff that's being said. If you are typing, if you're engaged, if you're seeing not just uh, what is being presented, but also what's on the chat. So please feel free to spam that chat, to, um, to, to write down things you agree with, don't agree with, um, just put it all in there. I'm gonna go for now 30 minutes and really explain and talk a little bit about um, what God has um, placed on my heart um, 
every every day i think of the almost every day of the uh pandemic i've been waking up in the morning to pray uh for the church and over the last two months god has really been convicting me um about um things needing to change at fga and so tonight as as we, we have mentioned tonight is a very significant meeting and so i'm going to share screen and let's get uh right into it one of the new things in the new version of zoom if you update is you can actually use a powerpoint slide as your virtual background would you believe and so you can be uh there in a little bit of a corner you can resize yourself woo, or, or down right and then you can run a uh you can run a um a training your leaders meetings whatever it is with powerpoint but also with your lovely face um there in the corner uh tonight the topic is uh and uh hello mary 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 it is how does your garden grow um you know if you're if you're listening to this uh maybe you can just type in like what i want to talk a lot about food tonight what was the what did you eat for dinner like maybe type in the last thing you ate uh into the chat because what we have to understand is uh, food is so crucial to us we are what we eat in fact it goes a little bit even deeper than that whether you're eating wonton soup korean roast duck nasi lemak bulgogi beef rojak right um it's not just the food that you eat it's also the thing that like let's say if you eat chicken it's what your chickens eat that goes into you because it goes into the chicken and it goes into you in fact even if you're eating vegetables or fruit it's what has gone into that vegetable and that fruit that determines what then also comes in to us and so i'm going to do a little bit of um i'm going to try and use a bit of a parable or an analogy for what god is trying to do in our church it's going to be a um a gardening metaphor all right so obviously tonight a lot of gardening uh food type things um you may not know this about the um the industrial agricultural revolution so i'm going to say a bunch of new things you can google it up later you can do a little bit of research into it but uh god the the way we get our food so let's if you go to coles and you get the food the reason why it looks so uniform and so nice and so juicy but it's also very very cheap is that agriculture has gone sort of has modernized and has commercialized much like today's modern church right and so we're able to just pump out heaps and heaps of food at low prices and i want to explain to you how that's kind of done uh in today's environment from the food that we get especially the you know non-organic cheap food that we get right um what happens uh in a in typical industrial agriculture is they like to begin with a blank slate so they'll go to a land they'll clear everything off take all the trees they all the biodiversity that's there is actually bad for industrial agriculture they don't want all kinds of different things they want a uniform thing so they'll clear it all they will then um poison the ground with very um strong poison so that all the bugs and pests and things are just completely killed in fact the poison they use is so strong that you can't walk on the ground without protective gear and you have to leave it you know empty for 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 ages but then 
after it's um, sort of wiped slate uh, clean, then what happens is farmers then, because now there's um, no more nutrients, there's no, nothing really in the soil, uh, it's almost like a kind of blank slate. They then put in topsoil, specially curated, uh, they've got extra chemicals in there, they've got uh, nitrogen in the thing, they've got a lot of, um, a bunch of things that are uh, aimed to help produce, not, not to produce um, healthy growing plants, no, 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 to increase the yield of the plant so that the plant is juicier, rounder, it, 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 it it produces food faster, right? Um, a whole bunch of things that boost, turbocharges the yield uh, of your plant. And oh, I mean, obviously somewhat healthy, obviously, right? Because there's so much pesticide in there that, uh, that, that it's not gonna get corrupted. Anyway, um, so they blank slate it and then they, they have these like specially manufactured topsoil that's trademarked usually, right, for, for optimum uh, output and then and then they, they put their seed in they grow it and then over the course of the life of the plant as it grows obviously they've got these big machines that uh, looks very beautiful over there but that's basically pesticide going through um, and making sure that you know um, it doesn't get eaten or or, 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 or corrupted um, the reason why I say this is because I was reading this amazing book called food and faith and in it the author who's a bit of a food technologist, like Uncle Roland is a food technologist, if you didn't know, um, uh, he decided that he wants, so he, he knows all of these things, but he decided, so he was having a young family, and he decided that um, he wanted to grow in his own backyard strawberries. He wanted to grow strawberries in his own backyard. And so being a food technologist himself, he knew a lot about gardening. He grew up in a farm. He was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own strawberries. So he he planted strawberries in his own backyard and pretty soon they were coming out ripe. But as soon as they started getting ripe, then all the slugs and the pests started coming to it. And so then he went to Bunnings and decided, okay, I've got to do something about it. We've put so much hard work into these uh, strawberries. We can't, can't have the, the slugs sort of eating it all up. Um, and so he discovered though, that when he went there, what was recommended what was recommended was actually uh, pesticides that was really poisonous. He, I'll, I'll read a quote from his book. He said, uh, when I got there, uh, there were multiple bottles on display. I read the warning label first and it said, in effect, do not let pets or young children near the sprayed area for several days, right? And he thought, oh my goodness, uh, my kids are young. I was going to put this poison on my strawberries and then after several days, eat them. I should have been prepared for this. Raised on a farm, I knew that farmers regularly use highly toxic herbicides and pesticides. In fact, they have to wear protective clothing, right? Da, 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 to control, right? My strawberry experience, however, was different. And what was different about his strawberry experience? He ended up not buying the pesticide. He ended up covering his uh, strawberries with netting. He used a bunch of organic things um, um, to sort of protect his strawberries. But he paid much closer attention, much closer attention to his strawberries. Why? He didn't care whether what Coles did, because he, he doesn't know what Coles is doing in there when they source their strawberries from whatever farm it is. But when it's his own home, 
and it comes to him putting pesticides on something that he's going to feed his children, he thinks twice. Maybe if you can type into the chat right now, uh, what was the last thing you grew in your garden? Like if you've ever grown anything in your garden, was it, was it the little bean sprouts that they gave you in primary school when you were age five? You know, or what kind of things do you grow in your garden? Because today we're going to be talking about how does your garden grow? How does your garden grow? You know, the culture, the culture of your home is so crucial. Um, it's a little bit like the soil that you have in your life. Uh, in fact, the word culture, so, so I, wanna, I wanna have a, a discussion about what the, the spiritual culture even is in your home. But the word culture comes from the Middle English denoting a cultivated piece of land, right? I just took this from Wikipedia actually. Yep. Um, it, it, the word culture has these connotations of, um, of, of soil, of land, but nurtured just like you're gardening it. Um, here's what we know, and you've heard me say this. It's been really like if you would have, if you paid attention very closely over Sundays and Sundays and Sundays, you catch me saying this because God's been really convicting me a lot through this lockdown. But there is something wrong. There is something wrong with the modern church. And by extension, because FGA is part of this modern church movement, there is something wrong with FGA. What's wrong with it? I think we have outsourced faith. We have outsourced faith. So instead of growing things and getting used to growing things in our backyard, uh, we've gotten used to going somewhere and getting the food and going somewhere and getting the food. So like, say I'm a father, all right? I'm a father. Imagine, right? I'm a father. Sometimes I might feel like my job as a spiritual godly father is to bring the kids to church. That's my job. If I get everybody in the car, and if we're, you know, at least not 30 minutes late, you know, whatever, if I get everybody to church, my job is done as a spiritual father because it's the church's job to make sure the Sunday sermon is engaging. Oh, I better, better teach me something about the Bible. It's the church and worship better be, a, I better encounter God at worship. Uh, Sunday, Sunday school better do its job. To Harold, you better teach those kids the Bible and they better, you know, be baptized in the Holy Spirit because my job as the spiritual father in the home is just bring the kids to church. And what we have seen in the modern church, and I, I want you, if you're writing this down, if you're writing anything down, write this down. We have divorced, we have broken the relationship between the preparation of food, the growing, the preparation of the food, and the consumption of the food. That means an average Christian, it's very hard to grow straw. Oh my goodness, I don't even know if I could even grow strawberries. It's very hard to, it's easy to go and just go and buy it somewhere else. And a lot goes into a Sunday service. A lot goes into worship leaders. They prepare for their worship set. The pastors, they prepare for their message, right? But if we are talking about our members, our home group members, our ministry members, our youth group, our, our kids, the average person who goes, and not our amazing leaders here, but you know, the average person who comes to our church, maybe there's not a lot of preparation that, that goes on. And so I think that's kind of what's been going wrong. Um, 
what's happened this year that has made all of this sort of come to light? I just want to, uh, if I could, just do a quick recap of what's happened this year. I'm sure you know this, but uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, the city that we are in, has led the world. We are world leaders in lockdown. If anybody know, wants to know what lockdown is like for a long time, we are full on the experts. And so I think it is just fitting for a, a church like ours in the most lockdown city in the world to innovate, to come up with something that is new and that is different and can lead the world in this new revolution. So, but Melbourne, we've led the world in lockdown. Then two, church has arrived at home, right? Like you're, you're all, all of us have been watching church on a screen. We're not, we, we're not driving the, we're not putting the kids in the car driving to church. We're, 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 we're acutely aware of our home culture, right? We, we, we see it. Like if you've got a family, if you're at home, you, you, you know what that's like now. You, the, you don't have the uncle and auntie around to scold your children on your behalf. There's no Sunday school teacher to get everybody to pay attention. You're the Sunday school teacher, whatever the thing is, right? The, whatever the existing culture was, we're, 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 we're tasting it. Um, in fact, one of the things that we've seen through this period is those who've gone into lockdown relatively healthy have come out relatively healthy. Whereas those who've come in and the culture was very broken, they've actually suffered a lot um, during this lockdown. Um, uh, because we've all been very, very conscious of what the home culture is. Outsourcing to church over these last few months has been very, very much hampered. If you can't get your kid to log on to Zoom, uh, then they don't, they don't engage with church. Like it's, there's no Nasi Lamak or Fry Kui Tiao to, to tempt them after service, you know? Like, it, we've been acutely aware of this. And, and as a church, we've had to change rapidly. And I think, I think that has enabled us to be in a moment like this. What else has happened this year? We have seen so many breakthroughs this year in 2020. Uh, I don't know if you know, but we have hit our greatest reach ever. Just by going online, we've been able to, to uh, get the message of God out to so many more people uh, now. Just if we use last week, and it was a little bit of an anomaly, I'll be, let's be honest with it, it was an abnormal week, but we had over 500 people follow us live on our, on our service. And then a Sunday service, uh, all the way through Pastor Roland's sermon, um, over after Sunday, we got 3,800 views, 3,800 views online, right? And so anecdotally, I know that there are more and more people uh, engaging with our church. We have realized our dream of recording Christian education classes that over the course of this year, uh, my mom and uncle Roland, oh my goodness, they've had these classes with like 80, 90 people and we've, we've recorded it. Um, we've, we've, in, we've discovered new ways of connecting both in our kids ministry and our youth ministry, our young adults ministry, our home groups. People have been joining into home groups more than ever even. Home group attendance has increased, prayer meeting attendance has increased. We've, we've done meaningful entry into the community. We've gone, we're now part of the formal White Horse Churches Care. We are, White Horse Churches Care is the formal COVID relief arm for food uh, for the White Horse council uh, 
Uh, you also may not know this, but this has been our best financial year. It turns out that Australia is a great country to live in. If they give you JobKeeper and pay pastoral staff um, salaries, um, it covers actually most of our salaries for this year. And then our second highest cost in the year uh, is um, utilities. <laughs> and we're not using our utilities much. So it, it, just, it just somehow, it just turned out that God has also best blessed us with resources. And then um, our relational emphasis has stood up well. I've been talking with other um churches and you know every church is different but the ones that haven't got existing good culture and relationships uh people have just tapped out and they're not tithing they're not volunteering they're not um engaging with stuff uh but fga has broadly um because of the high relational strength and you guys know this as leaders uh it has really stood up very well um over these last few months god has really um, stirred in me a very deep conviction and responsibility. I'm aware of the problems that have happened in lockdown uh, with a church. I've seen faith crumble in people's homes uh, where people are just not connecting with church. I've seen how um, uh, our, our leaders even are, are struggling with some of the financial challenges, but also the relational um, challenges. Uh, I pray for our church every single day, right? Um, but I think the biggest conviction, the biggest thing is God holds all of us accountable. We're in a meeting with 130 leaders of FGA. Did you know that the New Testament holds us accountable for how we oversee those under our care? I know I grapple with that deeply, and I'm worried that if we go back to the way church was, what if we go back to a model that just wasn't great to begin with? Uh, we need to create sustainable, healthy, good homes, um, uh, households of faith that are, that are um, growing in a healthy way and bearing good fruit. You know, there's been an increasing quality gap between and so now i'm going to start talking a little bit about how fga is going to change um, you see i think one of the problems is that there's been an increasing quality gap between church and home right so as modern churches have invested more into their fancy equipment and you know really cool songs and music and preaching with powerpoint slides with all kind of great nasilamak and frequitiao and all these kids programs youth amazing programs um, we've been getting better and better and better at church. And then at home, there's that, there's that, there's a gap because then you're at home and you're leading worship at home and dad has to play the guitar and sing, but that is not as cool as Ian, you know, he doesn't have the hair that goes like this, you know, and then, and then, and then, you, 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 you know, mom is teaching the Bible or whatever it is, but not as funny as, you know, Jordan or, or Harold or, and, and so what happens is as we have put our resources into making church more awesome, there has been a greater reluctance to do things at home. Almost like, why would I grow strawberries at home when I can go to Kohl's and buy it, buy it so much easier, so much better, so much cheaper elsewhere. And so there's that the increasing quality gap. In fact, like Quinton, 
uh, some of you may not know this, but Quinton built his own table, his own dining table. He built his own table. He went to Bunnings, built his own table during this lockdown. But some of us, some of us, we go, oh my goodness, I can't build a table. It's going to be crooked. I, I, the quality uh, of a, fur, a good furniture shop, right, um, is unmatchable for me at home. And so I think that is one of the things that I'm, I'm really wanting for us to tackle is this increasing quality gap between church and home. We've divorced the relationship between the preparation of the food and the consumption of the food. But it's time for a big change, big, big change. Uh, FGA, so this will be a seven, five to seven year transformation. So, and you're only just hearing about it now. So please do not get super shocked. Mostly FGA will be broadly the same, right? This will be kind of the equivalent of you get given a plant to take home and try to keep the plant alive, right? But, but we are gonna try and turn this ship because we owe it to our Lord to raise up uh, a generation that grows healthy food. Uh, with this, I want to talk about the change between bought versus grown. Bought versus grown. Or if it helps you to think about it, Coles to Bunnings. Changing from Coles to Bunnings. When you, when you go to Coles, you go there and you just buy food. When you go to Bunnings, you get the tools that you're going to use to grow your own food. If FGA can become a place where we are helping people in their home personal walk with God. And, and please don't get me wrong, this is not about being isolated or individualistic or just getting tools by yourself to do your own little thing. No, 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 we are a very relational church. What I mean is there'll still be communities, you'll have a little group that will maybe of men or women who get together, who encourage each other along as they're growing their own strawberry, whatever it is, right? Like, but church then slowly transforms from being a place where you go and you get food to a place where you go and you get the tools to grow food yourself or your own animals, even, Jerusha. Perfect. You know, maybe type in the last time when you went to Bunnings, what did you buy? What was the last thing you bought at Bunnings? I'm keen to keep you, uh, you know, uh, Continually engaged. We're almost at the end. We're going great on time. In the last five minutes, you, we have to ask this question. And this is the question that has really, God has been really pestering me about every day. What would we have done differently going into this uh, pandemic? I wish I would have prepared the church better for being able to run church at home. I, I really wish, what would we have done better we would have enabled, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We would have enabled the home culture. We would have activated. The church would have been better ready to support you with tools um, at, at home is, I think, what we would have done better. You know, we cannot go back to the way we used to church church let's not go back to that you know um there are a lot of good things that we will continue please don't don't think that we're you know you'll come back to fga and it'll be such a different church and it'll be bundings everywhere and we'll have rows of that i mean, we can't we can't go to exactly the same way we went to do church because there was something wrong with it god is calling us to raise that ceiling um you know gardeners 
if we're going to raise up gardeners, gardeners pay attention to what's going on in their garden. Talk to, talk to a gardener. There are a whole bunch of our Rejoice Fellowship that have just picked up gardening. Like, talk to our pro-gardeners. They know what's going on in their garden. They know what season it is. They know if there are weeds. They know if there's a lot of weeds in the garden. They're paying attention to the pests, right? Gardeners even talk to their plants. Ha, ha, ha. But we need to be people, if we are spiritual leaders of our home, we need to pay attention to what's going on in our house. We need to pay attention. What happens when we raise the spiritual temperature of our home? What happens when we, when we pay attention to the gardening that happens in our home? Uh, I want to use a technique that's called laddering up. I just went to the Willow Creek um, Global Leadership Summit this week, and they talked about a technique called laddering up, which basically is an envisioning exercise. And it goes a bit like this. Um, if you're going to embark on a strategy, what is that going to produce? Why don't you, in your head, ladder it up? So I'm going to try and do this for you right now. If we cultivate our gardens, then we will pay closer attention. We will pay closer attention to what's going on to our, with our food. We'll be just like this guy who was planting his own strawberries. We'll pay closer attention to what we're putting in our food. We'll understand the process better. Then if we ladder that up to the next level, that will mean that we get better spiritual feeding. What do we mean by better spiritual feeding? Not better lights and shows and various other things. No, better engagement, better appreciation of our food, better quality food, spiritual food, better quality. If we ladder that up to the next level, what, if that's, what, what would that produce? I think it will produce healthier Christians because we will be eating better. We will know how to grow our own food. What will that, will that, what will that give us? It will inspire garden growing in our family and kids will be growing up in our homes, knowing what it's like, not just to jump in a car and buy things from Coles, but they'll know what it's like to plow God's word for themselves, to seek the Holy Spirit, to pray, to do some of the spiritual food themselves. What will that produce in their home? That will produce, if you ladder that up, it will increase integrity. It will increase integrity. It will not be a fake home. And what will that produce? It will produce us as people who could be tasted and seen so that people, when they engage with Christianity, can taste and see that God is good. That when we invite people into FGA, they will not just see our slick marketing and our lights and our funny jokes on the Sunday sermon, uh, but they will taste and see what our real homes and our real lives will be like. And then if we take that up to the next level, I think what we will get is healthy disciple making. In the end, when you ladder it up to the very end, I think we will end up with this new model producing good fruit. Can I ask you a question about why do you think Australia lost the battle for Christianity? I'm deeply convicted that Australia lost the battle for Christianity because we lost the battle at home. I talk now... Um, 
you know, uh, I'm vice president of our denomination and we've got 47 churches here in Victoria. I've now joined the board of Whitehorse Churches Care and we've got 23 churches in there. You know, we've got the Anglicans, Presbyterians, we've got churches that have been in Australia for a very long time. And when I dialogue with them about what happened, basically it's some version of mom and dad or maybe grandparents were Anglican. Maybe they were churchgoers, but the children never saw that at home. They never engaged with God. And so then after one generation, after two generations, it was entirely outsourced and there was no God in the home. I think FGA, if we double down in this time on the vision of household of faith, if we transform from colds to bunnings and help you, help you as a leader, but also help your congregation, uh, your home group, your, your ministry. If we help you to be a gardener in your home, if we provide you the tools, if we, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy. You know what the yoke is? A yoke is a tool. A yoke is a tool. So when, when Jesus says my yoke is easy, it means his equipment is easy. The equipment that we're hoping to provide is actually very easy. There are very simple things that, that all Christians can access, but we need to change our thinking away from just consuming food to the growing of food as Christians. How do we produce good fruit? And so we're going to break off into rooms now. Perfect. Oh my goodness. This is going to be a new era for FGA. I can't believe we're actually running exactly on time with our run sheet. Perfect. We are going to break off into, I think we've got like, 20 breakout rooms that we're going to go into right now. Okay. Um, and, and um, uh, we're going to have our staff, our SLT, various other people in, in one in each room. Um, and we're going to ask this question. We're going to spend 20 minutes discussing it. So this is the time where you're going to have to engage a little bit. We're going to ask the question, how can we raise the spiritual temperature of our home? Now we've got a long road to go. Yep, and there's lots of things that we're going to be talking about and developing as FGA over the next seven years. But we must first begin with this question. Let's have a, a very honest conversation about, don't worry about the church. Don't worry about the kids' ministry, what it's doing, the 1830 ministry, the worship ministry. Don't worry about any of those things. Let's, even if you're just a single by yourself at home, what's the temperature of yourself when you're at home? Okay. Um, but ask this question how can we raise the spiritual temperature of the home and to help you with that maybe think of it um maybe share some what worked what has worked well i mean we're all leaders here we're all not new christians right so what's worked well in raising the spiritual temperature of your home what are uh, some ways that can help right and so um so here uh, we're going to break up into groups one Two, you're going to have a discussion about how we can raise the spiritual temperature of the home. But three, you need to pick a scribe. So that means in your group, you're going to point at one person and that person's going to take down notes. Okay, because when we come back from the breakout room, everybody is going to, every nominated scribe is going to type it into the chat. We're recording this chat. So we're going to have that record, but instead of like going from person to person, we've got 20 rooms. We'll, we'll all be here till midnight, right? We're just going to type your best ideas into the chat. And then we're going to come back after that discussion and we're going to have five more minutes to wrap up tonight. So I want to encourage you stay, please, please stay for the breakout rooms. Um, 
we've already committed to 9.30, we're right on track. Um, and we've got some very important announcements at the end that really uh, you, you must not miss. So uh, right now, Nick is gonna break us off in the rooms. We will see you back in 20 minutes. God bless. And so if you're still here, it's, uh, you need to actually go into a room. If you're not, if you're having problems, um, Nick will be here as well. We will help you with that transition.